Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, Pastor Jim will wrap up the ninth chapter of the book of Mark. There's a somewhat sudden transition from the rest of the chapter to our passage this week that begins with verse 42. Mark records here several pretty stern warnings from the mouth of Jesus. Many of these words are also found in the other Gospels, Matthew and Luke, and several of them are recognizable from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount recorded in Matthew 5. Some of the scariest words come from Isaiah chapter 66. Pastor Jim will help us this week to understand all these words brought together in the same passage. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, Strong Words. If your hand causes you to stumble, verse 43, cut it off. Better for you to enter life crippled than having your two hands to go into hell to the unquenchable fire. If your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It's better for you to enter life lame than having your two feet to be cast into hell. If your eye causes you to stumble, throw it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Now, look at the contrast here. Jesus isn't talking about um, the next little level for you to take. He's talking about the very nature of discipleship because the two choices here are the kingdom and hell. That's what he's saying. He said, if you don't feel like this about your own temptation and your own sin, I fear that you haven't even gotten the message yet. You're not even going to be in the kingdom. Now, he used more strong words. Word translated hell. It's in verse 43, 45, and 47. It's a word you've probably heard. It's the word Gehenna. It literally refers to the valley of Hinnom near Jerusalem, south end of the little promontory that is the ancient city of Jerusalem. It was the garbage dump where fires were constantly either burning brightly or smoldering. Uh, it was, in uh, older days, the place, the place where child sacrifices were made to the Canaanite god Molech. It's also spelled Moloch. And remember when we read about Stephen's testimony, he mentioned that and how that Israel had played the harlot with uh, false gods, including child sacrifices to Molech, so it it also came to be called a valley of death. In the time of Jesus, it was the the trash dump for the city of Jerusalem. It was the place of burning sewage, burning flesh from the scraps and the blood from uh, from the temple, burning garbage, maggots and worms literally crawled through the waste and the smoke smelled strong and, and, and sickening. It was utterly filthy, disgusting, repulsive to the nose and to the eyes. It 
presented such a vivid image, Gehenna did, that Jesus used it to describe hell as a symbolic description of hell, a place where there is eternal torment, constant uncleanness, where, where the fires never cease burning and the, the worms never stop crawling. Can you think of anything more disgusting? He said, do you want to be there? Now, verse 48, that where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched, that um, is from... Uh, Isaiah. It's a matter of fact, it's a quote from the very last verse of Isaiah. Isaiah does not finish on a high point. You know, a lot of books of the Bible finish with grace to you and peace. You know, grow in the grace and knowledge. The Lord bless you and keep you. Great benedictions. Isaiah finishes with where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. And Jesus is talking about hell that Isaiah was referring to in his terminology. Hell, or more precisely, the lake of fire or eternal fire. These words are the, at least in my thinking, so I'll say arguably, they are arguably the strongest call to discipleship that the Lord ever made. He is saying, guys... This is serious. This is life and death, heaven and hell. Are you with me or are you against me? Are you in or are you out? This is a very strong call to discipleship. So this is why we say that because of how strongly Jesus commands us to deal radically with our own sin or risk being cast into the eternal garbage pit of hell, this is why we say you need to love the Lord Jesus Christ more than you love your sin. Now, we're all temptable, right? We all battle the flesh. None of us have perfect obedience yet. But how do you feel, we say this all the time, how do you feel about Jesus Christ and how do you feel about the sin? Because in any moment, every person is moving in the direction of one or the other. You need to love your Lord and hate your sin. Are you a disciple or are you a pseudo-disciple? Do you, want the, do you want the glory of God or do you want your own comfort? If you believed a gospel that leads to comfort, you believed a false gospel. It's not about your comfort. It's about the glory of God and your eternal redemption to be glorified with Him. And in the meantime, you're living on enemy territory. And the enemy hates the Lord you love. Therefore, the enemy hates you. Therefore, everyone who desires to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. How do you feel about your sin? Now, Jesus mentions body parts here, and they are very significant. They are illustrative Hands in the Bible very often represent what you touch and what you do, your deeds, the deeds of your hands. Those are the things you actually do in the world. Your feet represent 
how you walk and where you go. Your eyes represent what you choose to look at, what you choose to, uh, to, to focus upon. Now, I say they're very strong words, but on at least one other occasion, Jesus used these words. It's in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, verses 29 and 30. He said the, almost exactly the same thing. And obviously, it is, it's hyperbole. It is overstatement for effect. The point is how strongly we need to learn to hate sin and everything that might cause us to move in the direction of sin. Now, clearly he didn't mean it literally, or he would have been having to drag the disciples around who couldn't walk and couldn't see to walk. Um, You could remove both of your eyes, and you could picture just as many temptations as you can with perfect vision. Maybe even better if you lived full-time in the realm of your imagination. You could cut off every appendage you have, and you'd still be full of sin. But the imagery is very powerful. How much better to be maimed and enter the kingdom of heaven than to be whole and healthy and comfortable and end up in hell. The ultimate contrast, enter the kingdom, be cast into hell. Jesus is telling you to remove yourself from corrupting influence as much as you can. That's why I called this uh, strong repentance. Repentance means to change your mind and therefore change your direction. You've got to learn to hate the things that are your enemy. If something tends to take you down, go without it. If, If a certain person is an influence that drags you down, stay away from that person. If a certain activity tends to lure you into sin, fill your time with other things. If a certain place is especially tempting to you, stay away from it. The question is not how close you get to the edge without falling over. The question is how much you hate what's over the edge. So you're not going to be over there peeking over all the time. I could do a little science experiment to illustrate. Being a not very good science teacher, I didn't bring any equipment, but I think you can do this one in your imagination. Picture this with me. Suppose I have a clear plastic bottle of water. I break the seal, open it, I drink half, and then I pour an ounce of red paint into the bottle. What happens? That ounce of red paint says... This isn't my territory. I'm just going to hide over here in the corner. No, it doesn't. It permeates the whole bottle and all of its contents, and it colors the entire bottle. Now, suppose I have another bottle here that I've already opened and drunk half. I have another half-full bottle. If I pour some of the first bottle that's now tainted red into the second, what happens? Now I have two poisoned bottles of water. What if I filled up the remainder of that first bottle then with really clean, pure, crystal spring water? I'd still have pink, poisonous water, right? That illustrates the spiritual principle. What is dirty, what is filthy, corrupts what is clean and pure when the two come in contact. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.